Hello, everyone, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Friday, June 17th, 2022. I'm Mike Chopley. Okay, so we've made it through another week. We've made it through another week. We're at Friday. And um, the talk is really still about vaccines. We still, we, we can't be COVID stuff. We just cannot get through it because... So many people out there are making so much money off this. The proof being the committee hearing today with uh, with Fauci at home on video because he has COVID. The, the, the four jabbed, two and a half year masked Fauci has COVID, which we talked about yesterday. Just the, <clears throat> the absolute ridiculousness of that. The absolute ridiculousness of that. But today, Rand Paul, by the way, Rand Paul through this whole thing, the unsung hero of COVID in politics is Rand Paul. Now it's not a tough race because he's like the only one. Okay. But the unsung hero is Rand Paul, who has been grilling Fauci since day one, even though the Democrats have controlled everything throughout this time, all the committee hearings, so on and so forth. Rand Paul has held Fauci's feet to the fire during his whole two and a half year period. And today they were talking about, because now we know that these, the FDA in cahoots with the CDC, you know, the WHO and all that, all those corrupt bastards. They approve the, the vaccine for basically little children, I believe two to four year old children who are at zero, zero risk of dying from COVID, near zero risk of getting it, zero risk of dying from it. And if they give them a vaccine, which there are thousands and thousands of side effects, people have gotten very sick from, people have died from, children are getting myocarditis from left and right, myocarditis cases are going through the roof. If you ask most doctors, they've never seen so many cases. There are doctors and nurses who have actually never seen them in children who are seeing them in record numbers since the vaccines started being put in the arms of children. And there's absolutely no reason, even if these vaccines were 100% safe, which they aren't, especially for kids, we know that. They've given kids heart issues that can be temporary and can be lifelong. Even with that, with the 0% risk of a child dying from COVID, of the, of the risk of a, dial chying, a child dying from a hundred other diseases in which there are no, they don't take any vaccines for, half of them, more than half of them, there's no reason to give a child a COVID vaccine for something they're not going to get, okay? And of course, with the safety issues, there's no, the, when you weigh the options, there's no reason why children should be getting these things. And most doctors worth the shit who aren't taking kickbacks, who aren't total fucking morons, who aren't total whores to big pharma, are saying there's no reason why children need the vaccines. Most adults don't even need the vaccines, let alone children. These vaccines aren't even, aren't even effective for the group they're supposed to be made for. Fauci's group. Not even effective for that group. Someone in my family who's Fauci's age tested positive for COVID today. Okay? All, all jabs. All four of them. Okay? So children certainly don't need these ridiculously garbage vaccines. And when you go through the, the, the approval process, as some doctors have gone through the approval process, the testing was a total sham. More kids who were getting the vaccine ended up with COVID than kids with the placebo. There's absolutely, the FDA has pushed this through. It's a total money grab. It's a total money grab. Okay, and any side effects or deaths that come of it, they just admit they just pretend are coincidences. It's just a coincidence. It's just a coincidence that deaths among 18 to 50 year olds that had nothing to do with COVID doubled between 2021 and 2020. Just a mere coincidence. Everything that's happened to Justin Bieber 
but mere coincidence. And people like him, mere coincidence, you're a conspiracy theorist, shut up. They know they can do that. So they're doing whatever they can to grab as much money in the shortest time period they can before people catch on to them, which will probably be never in this stupid country. But Rand Paul asked Fauci directly, can you tell me if anyone on the vaccine approval committees ever received money from the people who make the vaccines? In other words, kickbacks to approve the vaccine. And Fauci said, well, that's, uh, that's not, you don't have to disclose that. In the rules, in this rule book, you don't have to disclose that. Royalties don't have to be disclosed. That's the law. So what Fauci actually said was, it's legal to be corrupt. It's legal to take kickbacks from the vaccine makers in order to approve the vaccine that does nothing and probably harms and kills people. And this is, this is, the, this is the country we're living in. This is, someone like Fauci can simply say, the rules say we don't have to disclose that. Whether they did or they didn't doesn't matter. The rules say you don't have to disclose that. So, you know, if I disclose it. And then Fauci gave some ridiculous comments saying something he did with the monoclonal antibodies. He got uh, an average of $100 luxury, some, some kind of a $100 gift for. It, it's amazing. But he doesn't have to disclose. If he made $10 billion, he doesn't have to fucking disclose it. Why is that? Why is that? If he made $10 billion, he wouldn't have to disclose it. Now, who made this law? Congress, who take kickbacks on Big Pharma. Congress, congressmen, senators, who get millions of dollars in campaign contributions from Big Pharma. That's who made this rule that says that they don't have to disclose any kickbacks or any royalties they get. Do you see how deep the corruption is? And Fauci doesn't even care because his corruption is backed by the law. The law says he doesn't have to reveal his corruption. He doesn't have to reveal his corruption. That's what they've, that's what they've said. This, this is what the law says. And they flaunt it in our faces. They flaunt it in our faces. And you wonder why politicians want to make the, va- well, tried to make the vaccine and didn't make the vaccine mandatory and the boosters mandatory because it makes more money for big pharma and then the politicians get the kickbacks from big pharma in the form of lots of things, money, campaign contributions, use your imagination. And I guess you have to use your imagination because they don't have to disclose any of these things. They don't have to disclose. So what? We'll just have to assume, you know what? They don't have to disclose it. Good. We'll have to assume they're all corrupt bastards then. I have no other choice. Disclose it. If you're not a corrupt bastard, disclose, show the proof that you're not a corrupt bastard. Otherwise, I'm just going to assume you're a corrupt bastard. I need to kick your ass. I need to kick you in the ass. I need to kick your ass out of office. That's what I'll have to assume from now on. Unless you disclose whether you're corrupt or not. But in this country, you don't have to disclose whether you're corrupt. You don't have to show any proof that you're not corrupt in order to win elections, in order to run for office, in order to take a seat on the FDA, on the Vaccine Approvals Committee, you can get away with whatever you want to get away with. It's fine. Absolutely fine. Like I said, Rand Paul, as, as Congressman Thomas Massey says, one of the few good ones in Congress, it's immoral. It should be illegal and a bad for the public, of course. But his colleagues are the ones who made this law. Fauci quoted a law that was legislated which says that people who are approving, understand this, I want to make this very simple. People who are approving the vaccine can take kickbacks from the vaccine companies in order to approve their vaccine. And they don't have to disclose those kickbacks. 
Those royalties, they call them. They call them royalties. It's kickbacks. Royalties. They'll have to disclose it. And then you wonder why they make it mandatory. They make it mandatory in the name of public health, right? What did we, we, we hear for two and a half years? The public health for the greater good. Don't be selfish. Don't be selfish. The greater good. Public health. Let me tell you something. Any parent, any parent that puts this vaccine in their, in their two-year-old's arm should be imprisoned. Forget about not being able to keep your kid. You should be put in prison. By the way, Fauci should be put in prison. This is ridiculous. If you give your child this experimental crap, you're, you're crazy. You're insane. And that's why all these politicians who, kick, who, who made this, 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 this poison mandatory should be put in prison. Because they knew what they were doing. They knew they were doing it just to help Big Pharma, just to get their kickbacks, just to get their royalties just to get their campaign contributions. Look, the left likes to talk about the right all the time, don't they, with getting campaign contributions from the NRA? Oh, they back the NRA. They back the Second Amendment. They back gun rights because they get kickbacks, because they get royalties, because they get contributions from the NRA. Well, the left and many on the right too, but especially the last two and a half years on the left, can get all the campaign contributions and kickbacks and royalties they want from Big Pharma, and that's just fine. There's no corruption there, and the fact that these people on this committee don't have to reveal it, nah, it's not corruption, Mike. Come on, move on. You're being a conspiracy theorist. <clears throat> it was, it do- By the way, the name of the doctor who I follow on Twitter is Dr. Claire Craig, and she's great. Another one, Dr. Claire Craig, C-R-A-I-G. She explains today in a video, I don't want to play it, it's too long, but it's a good video, of why the FDA should not have granted approval for rollout in the six months, by the way, six months to four-year-old children. The trial should have been deemed null and void. Yeah, the regulators are failing to do their job. Why are they failing to do their job? Because they're getting kickbacks and royalties from Big Pharma, from Pfizer, from Moderna. That's why. And if you get sick or if you die from the vaccine, you can't sue. Why would anyone accept anything in life where a, a company can, can, can kill you and you can't sue? A company can hurt you. and you is there, any other, is there any other aspect of life where a company can kill you or hurt you and you can't sue? We see the commercials all the time on television. If you use this, uh, this, this product and you got this cancer, that cancer, call Williams, Williams, and Williams. We see it all the time, right? If you use this bug killer, call Williams, Williams, and Williams, because it caused this cancer. Yet with this, with this, with the vaccines, with this COVID vaccine, you cannot sue if you are harmed or die. And you take that? You put that in your system? The amount, what comes to mind? Sheep, lemmings, whatever word you can think of. It amazes me. It absolutely amazes me. We're afraid of everything in this country. We're afraid of viruses. We're afraid of mass shooters. We're afraid of serial killers. We're afraid of fucking everything. Is there any courage in this world that we do these harmful things to ourselves? We'll do something, we'll do something where there's a 1 in 30 chance. I'm making up this number, but you'll get my idea. You'll, you'll do something where there's a 1 in 30 chance of it harming you, where there's a 1 in 8 million chance of it harming you if you don't do it. Does that make any fucking sense whatsoever? You ever hear about playing the odds? Does anyone go to Vegas 
or Atlantic City if you're on the East Coast. My goodness. It never ends. This never ends. It gets worse and worse. It's a it's a total nightmare that just gets worse and worse and worse. And it feels like I have to talk about it all the time. But you see, this isn't front and center. What's front and center is January 6th. January 6th is what happened uh, over four hours on one day a year and a half ago is what's front and center for the left-wing media. Not the fact that the people approving a vaccine get kickbacks. That's not an issue. That's not an issue. The issue is rednecks dressed up like the village people marched into January, marched into the Capitol and, 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 and ruffled some papers on senators' desks. That's the issue. You see what a, what a, what a absolute circus of a world we're living in? And what, what's a priority and, and what's not a priority? If you want to call in, by the way, you can call in. The phone line, the telephone lines are open, so to speak. It's Friday. I wanted to make this a potpourri Friday. And then this thing with Fauci happened. It's Fauci, this guy who won't go away. This guy is like a fucking nightmare. He won't go, simply go away. And for those that were worried about COVID killing him, as you can see today, the day after he's, he gets COVID, he's fine. He looks better than I do. So don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. They're with us for a long time. Hallelujah. Praise God. Ron DeSantis. So now, of course, Ron DeSantis is the only governor who has not ordered the vaccine, taken orders for the vaccine for six-month to four-year-olds. The only one, by the way. All the other Democrats and Republican governors have taken the order. Only Ron DeSantis has not taken the order for the vaccine for six months to four-year-olds. And what does is, what is the sleazeball Gavin Newsom say? Oh, I, I'm calling me, calling me shocked, calling me surprised. Because Ron DeSantis has common sense, you see. Because Ron DeSantis continues to do it right while everyone else does it wrong. Ron DeSantis knows there's no danger for a six-month to four-year-old with COVID. And he's not, he doesn't get on his knees and open his mouth a big pharma. But this is considered a bad thing to people like Gavin Newsom. This is considered a bad thing to people like Kathy Hochul. This is considered a bad thing to the Democrats and the Democrat-owned media, which is 99% of the media. DeSantis is the bad guy. Fauci's the good guy. So the guy who's getting kickbacks and doesn't have to divulge them for the vaccines is a good guy. And the guy who is not taking vac, who's not going to give vaccines to six month to four year olds is the bad guy. Do you see what an upside down world we're living in? What a, a truly upside down world we're living in? Once again, DeSantis is the only one with balls. The only one with balls. The only one who's standing up to big pharma. Well, the, the lip service that the, the, the Democrats, especially the progressive left, has given up until March of 2020 about how evil Big Pharma is and how they want to dismantle Big Pharma and get rid of it and defund Big Pharma, that all went away over the last two and a half years. Now they're on their knees and bending over for Big Pharma. Their hypocrisy 
has been so disgusting, it makes me violently ill. I try to even think about it. I try to block it out. Because that's how disgusting their hypocrisy has been. The guy who takes kickbacks from Big Pharma to push vaccines is the good guy who wants to help you. The guy who does not want you to put this crap into six-month-olds because they don't need it is the bad guy. And if you watch CNN or MSNBC or any of those networks, that's exactly what they will tell you. They'll tell you Rand Paul and DeSantis are evil and Fauci and Biden are angelic. That's basically what they'll say. They don't say it in those words, but that's what they'll say in their coverage and how they cover things. And who knows, maybe some of those morons on MSNBC would actually say that, along with Humpty Dumpty on CNN, Stelter and uh, Don Lamone. But that's, that's, that's where we are. And we, what do you have to go to? You have to go to maybe Fox News, this podcast, maybe a few other podcasts to get the real truth and the reality situation. To get the real truth of the matter. Like I said, I want this to be a potpourri Friday. I didn't want to just make this about COVID or, or vaccines. There's a lot more to talk about. There's, there's these two police officers who were killed in Los Angeles but killed by someone who should have been in jail. Killed by someone who had who knows how many, I forgot what they said, how many misdemeanors or felonies or what his rap sheet was, but he should have been in jail. And George Gascon, the left-wing Soros-backed DA, let him out. And he ends up killing two police officers, a guy who should have been in jail. If George Gascon had done his job, if he was an actual prosecutor and not a defense attorney for criminals, if he was doing his job, if he had just done his job, he didn't need to be a hang em high DA, didn't need to be a conservative DA, didn't need to be a DA in a, in a you know, a, tex- a West Texas town, just a normal DA who was doing his job. This guy would not have killed two police officers. And so, from what I understand, they have enough signatures now to, um, to get rid of him. But as we've learned here with our recalls, with the school board and and Chesaboudin, uh, you have to get like twenty five percent above that because they'll look to eliminate signatures. So you have to get twenty five percent above that. So they have another two or three weeks, and they they're going to get it easily, especially after what just happened. So they're going to have enough signatures to recall Gascon. So there there will be a recall election down there at some point. I don't know when it has to be held. Usually, these things have to be held three or four months from the at least from the time. You get all the signatures verified. So there will be another recall. There will be two recalls, two recalls of, of Democrat DAs in California, at the, basically in the same year. I want you to understand what that – try to focus on that. Two Democrat left-wing DAs, one in San Francisco, one in L.A., two of the most liberal leftist cities in the country, if not the world, they are going to be recalled in the same year. Because people are tired of it. And this is why the lefties that run cities like San Francisco, the lefty board of supervisors, wanted to make it harder, almost impossible, to recall people. Because they don't want to be held accountable. They want to be as wacko left-wing as they, as they want to while they're in office. And you've got to wait till the next election to vote them out.
They wanted that to happen. Fortunately for us, that was on the ballot the same day Chester Boudin was on the ballot, and it failed by about the same percentage that the Chester Boudin recall passed by. So thank goodness it went on the ballot the exact right time, and that failed because they should be held accountable. In fact, they should have recalls everywhere. I'm shocked they don't. I'm shocked that in many places they have to be impeached by the legislature. Where here, the people can recall them. This is the way it should be. The people should be able to recall politicians who don't do their jobs correctly. That's what, did you believe that? That the people should have the right to recall a politician that doesn't do their job correctly? And that's exactly what they wanted to get rid of here in San Francisco. Because they saw it was working. The school board members, they were recalled because they didn't do their jobs. Chester Boudin, recall, because he didn't do... Once again, we're talking about simply doing the job you're hired to do. Doing the job you're elected to do. You have to go the extra mile. No one's asking them to be, like I said, no one's asking these DAs to be hang them high. No one's asking, you know, uh, these school board members to be against public schools. All we want them to do is do their jobs. Do their jobs. The DAs need to protect the citizens. Prosecute the criminals. The school board needs to protect the the students, not look at the special interests and the, and the teachers' unions. That's all we want. And we're not getting that. They're not doing their minimum amount. And so they get recalled. They get recalled. At least we have that here in California. Of all the crazy, screwed-up things and the way we do things here in California, at least we have the ability to recall our politicians and the people we elect when they don't do their jobs correctly. But this is outrageous. This guy should have been in jail. He should have been rotting in jail. And instead he kills two police officers who should be alive now if Gascon had done his job. I go back and forth and try to figure out who's worse, Chesa Boudin or, or, or I, I don't know, Gascon. They're both awful. One's gone, the other needs to go, and hopefully will go. And of course, the smokescreen. The Democrats are all about smokescreen. January 6th is a smokescreen. Okay, it's all a smokescreen for their failures. The smokescreen is all Republican recalls. Republican recalls, when they're happening in the most liberal cities, when the signatures are the majority Democrats and independents and left, when they're being recalled by 10, 15, 20 points in liberal cities, it's not a Republican recall. These aren't Texas Republicans voting on this. These aren't Mississippi Republicans voting on this. They're liberals in San Francisco and L.A. who were signing these petitions and voting these people out. It's all a smokescreen. It's the never-ending blame someone, blame the Republicans, blame Trump, Trump derangement syndrome, smokescreens. All of it. Ah, oh, boy. This is what I have to talk about on a Friday. You know, I can't, I can't talk about nice things. There's nothing nice to talk about anymore. Is there anything nice? Oh, there's good news. Of course there's good news. Most of you won't care. I don't care. What am I talking about? San Francisco Warriors. I call them the San Francisco Warriors because Golden State's a stupid name. I don't care what you do. I don't care. They're in San, San Francisco Warriors. Golden. As far as there was nothing golden. Maybe when they were named, you know, maybe when they were named Golden State, there was something golden about California. But there's nothing golden about California anymore. So I like to call them the San Francisco Warriors. They won the NBA championship again for the fourth time in eight seasons. They won four times. 
That's just absolutely insane. And this was after all these injuries and all the COVID stuff. They won it again. So the San Francisco Warriors won the NBA championship, beating Boston. And tell you the truth, anytime a Boston team is beaten, I love it. Don't care who does it. And there were fireworks and, and honking horns in the streets today. Fireworks and honking horns. I thought it was the 4th of July already. There's dancing in the streets here in San Francisco. So there is some little bit of good news here in my city, in my world, in my universe. At least on this Friday. All right, what are we, talk? we have a film review coming up. Is there anything else I wanted to talk about here before I get to the film review? Uh, one more thing Ron DeSantis said before I get to the film review, which is, I think, pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. Releasing barrels of oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserves is a political stunt that hasn't made a dent on gas prices. We need real energy policy solutions from Biden so Americans can stop paying $5 a gallon of gas. They're paying $5 a gallon, maybe in parts of Florida. They're paying $8 a gallon in many parts of California and New York. And he's right. This is, this is a totally inept president. We have a state here called Texas. We have a state here called Texas, which has oil. It has oil. It's right there. It's rich for the taking. But he has this ridiculous left-wing need, Green New Deal nonsense, which basically would be a great science fiction film. It would be a great science fiction film, the Green New Deal of, of 2089. But right now, we need a deal that will help the people who are trying to survive in 2022. We need a real deal. We need like a reality deal. And once again, once again, DeSantis is right. He's 100% right. And all Biden keeps on doing is condescending. He keeps on condescending. He thinks when he does these things, which do, do nothing, everything he's done has not done a, a thing to even lower one cent. It's been going up three to five cents a day. Everything Biden does, it goes up another three to five cents every day. Not one thing he has done has alleviated gas prices, yet he does it because his people, his left-wing moron, Green New Deal progressive idiots, think it's going to work. They think he's doing good. Yet every day, gas prices has gone up three to five cents a day, every single day for like the last two months. Oh, boy. Common sense policy. Don't beg Russia and the Saudis for oil. You have it in your country. Oh, boy. I don't know. I don't know. Did the left abandon me or did I abandon the left? I think the left abandoned me. And I know there's at least one person listening to this show who agrees that the left abandoned us. Because that, that chart that Elon Musk put out about a month ago, showing him standing in the same place, the little stick figure, and the left going further and further, further to the left, making it look like his stick figure's gone further to the right, but it hasn't. It's still standing in the same place. That's the point. That was the best chart ever. No wonder why the guy's worth 500 million, billion, billion dollars. No wonder why. I couldn't make a chart like that. It's a great chart. All right. I'm just pulling up IMDB so I have all the, all the actors right here. Okay. Who out there likes who out there likes scary movies? Anybody like scary movies? Well, there's a real scary one, which is also really good, by the way. I was shocked at how good the Black Phone is. The Black Phone takes place in 1978 in North Denver, a suburb of Denver, and there's a, a serial killer going around who drives around a big black van, pretending to be like a clown with balloons, and he abducts children, 
and these children just disappear, and I, you know, assume that he kills them. And the uh, the lead in the film, who's absolutely stunning, Mason Thames. Mason Thames is his name. He plays Finney Shaw. He's a lead, and he's you know growing up in north of in in, in this this small suburb of of Denver in the late seventies, and it's kind of a rough and tumble. He gets picked on in school. He gets beat up. There's some really of early scenes of, you know, uh, of bullying and really bloody violent fights in school, you know, kids being assholes. And he's picked on a lot. He's got one friend who's even smaller than him who stands up for himself and beats up the bullies and tries to get Finney to be, you know, to stand up for himself, but they become kind of buddies. Um, and as it ends up, of course, Finney gets abducted by who they call the Grabber, who was played by Ethan Hawke. When I first heard Ethan Hawke was going to be in this film, I was like, what the hell is Ethan Hawke doing in this, in this serial killer, playing a serial killer? But he gives such gravitas to this role of the of this, 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 this serial killer who, for the most part of the film, has a mask on. He only reveals parts of his face at a time, sometimes his mouth, sometimes his eyes. And he puts the kid, Finney, in his room in the basement of his house with just a mat, just a mat to, to sleep on. And there's a black phone in the room, which the... Ethan Hawke character says hasn't worked since he was a kid, so don't bother trying to call anybody. However, during his abduction, this black phone rings, a phone that supposedly doesn't work and is not connected, by the way. And whenever he picks up the black phone, it's a voice of one of the other children who were abducted and killed in the past by this guy, trying to give him clues to help him get out. I don't want to give away too much here. But I would describe the movie as like a cross between a Richard Linklater film like Boyhood and Jonathan Demme's Silence of the Lambs. And because it has such elements of Richard Linklater, Ethan Hawke works even more because Ethan Hawke, of course, has been in many Richard Linklater films, having gone to film school with him in Austin, Texas. And throughout the film, once again, he gets these clues and these ideas and these voices of children in the past now, we also know that him and his sister have some kind of psychic abilities, which is established early in the film because his sister has dreams which give her clues to these murders, almost like uh, uh, in the dead zone that we saw with Christopher Walken. And it was all, it has all been inherited from, from their mother. Their father's played by, uh, uh, if you remember, Jeremy Davies in a film called Spanking the Monkey back in the 90s. Uh, he's become a great character actor. He plays their father. And throughout the film, he's getting these clues. Finney's getting these clues, and he tries to escape. And most of his escape attempts don't work, but it builds up to a climax. Now, I'm not going to tell you what the climax is, but it's just a, a, an incredibly moving scene where his friend, who was abducted, the one who can fight, and the one who tried to get him to protect himself his whole, all the time, gives him the ultimate clues as to how to defeat this serial killer and escape. This is kind of a, uh, it's kind of a rough and tumble coming of age film it's a it's a it's a it's a coming of age film it's a it's 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 very unique it's a, a kind of a, a serial killer it's a finney's coming of age in a serial killer film um where his attempts to escape he's actually learning a lot about himself and growing up in the period of time where he's abducted and trying to fight his way out and uh the ending is 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 actually quite touching. Uh, for a for a serial for a serial killer films has such moments of gravitas and real human emotion, where you truly care about this kid and his escape. And it's not just he's not just a as we often see in these thrillers just a mechanism for the plot. 
not just a mechanism for the plot, but it's a it's a true it's a true down and dirty coming of age film. And it's incredibly well directed. It's incredibly well directed by Scott Derrickson, who directed the first uh, Doctor Doctor Strange film. And all the performances are fine. Like I said, Mason Thames as Finney, the, the kid, is great, absolutely fantastic. Ethan Hawke gives gravitas to uh, a serial killer. It's not just your generic serial killer role with him. Jeremy Davies is great as the father. Uh, just fantastic performances really all around from all the kids. And that's what really makes this film work. The performances by the kids are absolutely, absolutely top-notch, including Madeline McGraw as uh, as Finney's sister. She's fantastic. Um I was amazed how this film grew on me and how much I've been thinking about it. I think it's one of the best films of the year, and I'm going to give it an A-. A- for The Black Phone, which opens next Friday, I believe the 24th. Okay, that's our show for the week. We've, we've, we've concluded the week. A couple, of, a couple of positives, right? The Warriors won. The Black Phone's a really good film. And the rest, of course, we'll pick up on next week. Okay, I think I'll do... One more week at this time slot, just a little house cleaning here. I think it'll be one more week at this time slot. And then the following week, the week after next, I'm heading to New York City for about a week and a half. And so I'm going to adjust the hours. So I think we're going to maybe start doing the show a little bit earlier and maybe keep it that way. Because what I've found is I think a lot of people have told me they can't listen live and they can't call in because midnight Pacific and 3 a.m. Eastern weekdays is really just too late for most people. What's wrong with most people? If you're listening to me, you know most people are crazy, right? But anyway, so I think we're going to try to adjust the hours at the next week. But next week, we will do our regular shows, Monday to Friday, midnight, Pacific, 3 a.m. Eastern. I want to thank everyone for listening. This is the end of our second week on callin.com. Uh, I think it's going well. I think we're building an audience. And everyone should have a great weekend. The show is and Let's Be Heard. That's what you've been listening to, by the way, for the past 33 minutes. I'm Mike Kachopoli. And remember, always remember. Vote Democrats out of office. Vote them out now. Have a good weekend.